What is going on, everybody? You are back on another edition of The Coach's Corner. I am Justin Dupengeiser. I am joined, as always, by my guy, Caleb James. Caleb, what's going on, dude? Not a whole lot going on. You know, we're just sitting here. The first day of March is when we're recording this. Uh, I think everyone that follows football is just ready for the free agency frenzy to start. Don't know how big the Chiefs will be spending in that, especially after uh, – Brett Veach's little presser he did this morning, but what did you think about that press conference or the little video call he had with the media this morning? Uh, oh boy, interesting. There was a, there was a couple things that really jumped out. The first thing was him saying that they think Eric Fisher will be back in August. I was pretty mind blown by that, considering I thought he was going to be out for the entire year. Like they they tweeted out, and I actually sent a tweet and I said, which August? Like, did they mean like this August or like a year from now, August, that it'll be back? Because I, I was honestly being serious about it too. Cause I thought, you know, you get an injury like the Achilles, if it's ruptured, that usually takes forever to get, you know, fully back healthy from. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I thought that it surely seemed that, you know, with Sammy Watkins where his comments before were like, yeah, we'd like to, if we can, that kind of changed gears to it's going to be a lot harder this year than last year. So it sounds to me like Sammy's going to be officially done. He's not coming back. And then the other one was, you know, it sounded like there was a pretty big emphasis on emphasis on offensive and defensive lines. Um, you know, and, and the receiver thing was interesting to me too, because he talked about, you know, Hardman and Pringle being, being those next guys in, but, I just I feel like with every comment that he's made in the past about continually want to to support and surround Patrick Mahomes with guys, it still seems like to me like he, they're going to want to bring somebody in, whether it be through the draft or free agency at wide receiver. But those are kind of like my big big three headlines: the Fisher, the the receiver thing, and then um, just the focus on offensive and defensive line. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty similar. I was pretty shocked also that he said Fisher would be back in August. Now, we don't know if that means back practicing or back in the facility working out. That's still up for debate. But even with that situation with Fisher and Schwartz, I really still think the Chiefs are going to maybe try to ta- target an offensive tackle in either free agency or the draft just because those two situations are so up in the air. And yeah, and then, you know, he it doesn't sound like Sammy's going to be back. And, you know, it sounds like they've still got a lot of stock in Byron Pringle as well as McCole Hardman from based on that. He said that they think that both of them have a chance to play a lot of snaps this year for the Chiefs, and I can believe it. And, you know, it's kind of underrated, but we talked about it a little bit on the last show about the defensive line. But, you know, they are going to have a possibility of losing uh, several key guys who played a lot of football for them the last couple of seasons, you know, like Alex Okafor, uh, uh, Mike Pinnell, and uh, then Tano Passanio. So those three guys are going to be free agents. They're going to have to find a way to replace them. I think they have a couple of guys on their roster, and Taco Charlton's in there with those guys, even though I think they might look to bring him back. But I really also think that might have been Veach kind of you know, sending a message to maybe like a guy like Frank Clark and saying like, hey, we have to have more out of you. And, you know, we're not afraid to bring someone in that might end up playing or might try to 
be another good pass rusher to the opposite edge to you, trying to get those guys to step up, him and Chris Jones to step up and play a little bit more. But I think they're going to continue to try to maybe target another playmaker. I guarantee you they're going to find another offensive lineman, and then they'll probably just be like another steady string of depth guys on the defensive line. Yeah, I was going to ask you like what you thought about with the, with the D-line comments as it, it, it pertains to Frank Clark, Chris Jones, and stuff, because obviously the production for Clark hasn't been there, especially for what he is being paid. I mean, he's being paid prime dollars, you know, northwards of $26, $28 million a year, where he has not had the production that <laughs> it warrants a contract like that. So, And I, I wonder, you know, if it's like, hey, you got basically a year to, to do – something or we're going to have to find a replacement in this year's draft which I think they're going to have like you mentioned all those guys leaving you know Tano Alex Okafor potentially Taco Chartland I mean you got to find an edge rusher somewhere I thought that they that would be a target of them regardless Um, I wasn't sure how soon because I do think that you know defensive back is also a target and they've already talked about how they met with Greg Newsom uh, the second out of Northwestern they've done some video conference calls with him who he seems to be a pretty hot name, and he's somebody that – it's funny because I tweeted it out, and then the next day it came out that they, they met with him virtually and stuff. But if you haven't had a chance to watch Greg Newsom, um, he is, he's a he's a fantastic player out of Northwestern. He's got good length. He's physical. He's patient when he presses. I, I'm a really, really big fan. Him and Andre Sisco out of Syracuse are probably my – Two of my favorite secondary guys to uh, to watch this this year that I've gotten a chance to watch. But um, let's switch gears here. We've been talking about all the kind of what's been going on with the roster and where we think it can kind of go, kind of a, a state of the franchise type deal here. We've done offensive line, defensive line. We've done receiver. We've done secondary. So today we're going to do three positions in one, three of the positions that um, are kind of the smaller groups of players, I guess, that take up the roster. But that is quarterback, tight end, and running back. And we're going to start at quarterback. And I think that um, Kansas City might be set with QB1 and Mr. Patrick Mahomes. But uh, contract-wise, I think that the big question is, is do you think that they convert you know, a big chunk of his salary to to uh, a bonus so they can free up cap space, cap space because basically one move for that would free up the $17 million that they're over and get them back on track to having free agent money and money to spend on, on their rookies. You know, his deal was designed to be restructured. Um, this is exactly what it was for, to be able to find ways – to be able to help the team be able to spread the money around, which is why it is such a ridiculously long contract. And it, I mean, it is also a ridiculously high paying contract. They're going to take care of Mahomes first before everyone else. But, you know, after the Super Bowl, maybe this is a situation where he's looking at the roster. Patrick Mahomes is, he's saying, this might be a chance for me to kind of help out because he knows he's going to get taken care of at the end of the day, right? Like they're going to, they're going to take care of him no matter what happens. He's going to be the longest tenured player in the history of the Kansas city chiefs more than likely at the end of the day, and probably the highest paid player in the history of the NFL, he's going to get taken care of. And, you know, for him, if he's the kind of guy, you know, you got to remember, you know, last off season, he kind of, the reports were uh, he liked Clyde edwards Lair and he kind of let that rub off on them. Well, if he's got a couple of pieces he wants in free agency or some guys he'd like to play with, you know, 
I, I would don't even think it would be out of the question for him to and Brett Veach to do a little restructure so they could have some more to bring in a couple of guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. And that's, um, like you said, that's specifically how they designed his contract to work. Like at the surface, yeah, it looks like a 10-year, you know, half a billion dollar deal. But when you come down to it, they actually structured it. Like it's almost like mini two to three year contracts every single um, couple years. And that they, they, they can restructure and really help the franchise out by saving money and constantly giving discounts so they can bring people around you know, to help him while also still getting him paid. So um, the other quarterbacks on roster, obviously Chad Henney was the backup last year. You know, he only costs $1.6 million. And then they actually, they got a couple of young guys, Anthony Gordon from the uh, University of Washington State, I want to say, and then Jordan Tayamu, who he kind of was with him for a little bit, released, and then they brought him back. Do you think that they look to upgrade the backup quarterback position because Henny's no spring chicken he's got to be 36 or 37 at this point um you know he's obviously cheap and he obviously did a tremendous job when he stepped in there obviously the news today that Washington football team released Alex Smith Chiefs Kingdom is like going crazy over that personally I think if you bring him on it's as some sort of offensive consultant coach type deal um you know to eventually that could lead to you know maybe a quarterback coaching position but I, I don't know if Alex's playing days um are, are going to be worth bringing him on as a backup. His playing days might be over. So what do you think they do as a, as a backup position? You know, as much as I'd like to see them try to bring in Alex Smith as a backup, just because I think the familiarity with Andy Reid and the roster would probably do good for them. I think the Chiefs are going to try to get younger at the backup position. And I think we're getting ready to see them enter some territory that we saw the New England Patriots do when they were dominant, you know, try to find a couple of solid backup guys behind Patrick Mahomes, then have them go out and play well in the uh, preseason and maybe flip them for draft picks. And I think when you look at Gordon and Tayamu, those are two guys that obviously have their young guys, number one, but two, if they were to come out, you know, they're going to have a high ceiling and all of a sudden everyone's going to be saying, well, this guy's spent time with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And, you know, all the other coaches, Eric Bieniemy, Mike Kafka, they're going to be like, man, this guy's been around some great football coaches. He goes out and plays well. And, you know, the whole, the, the thing with it all is, though, is, I mean, if, if there's a chance where those guys have to be playing extended period of time, you know, the team's not going to be successful. So it doesn't really make – to me, it doesn't make too much of a difference who the backup quarterback is going to be, but the team won't be the same. They're not going to be able to replicate it with Mahomes. But for me right now, in my opinion, they should be trying to find the best value they can to where if they could flip a guy into a draft pick, because I mean, how many former New England quarterbacks ended up going other places and becoming starting quarterbacks? You know, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Brian Hoyer, as terrible as he is, Jimmy G, you know, I'm thinking of all kinds of guys, even back to like Damon Heward and uh, Matt Castle. You know, they had a history of doing that, of being able to kind of take guys in and be able to help them in their system. Well, Gordon came from a pretty high, high throwing offense at Washington State, so he's no stranger to throwing the ball around. And Tayamu, you know, he's a pretty mobile guy. He's really a pretty mobile quarterback. He can do some similar like things to Mahomes when he has the ball and is able to scramble. So they'll be, I think that'll be interesting to see how that unfolds headed into training camp. 
I'm right there with you on the quarterback situation and trying to develop guys and flip them. I think it's one of the probably smartest and, and, and not well enough used um, moves in football just because the quarterback position is so coveted in the NFL and especially in today's NFL. Um, you need a good starting quarterback and really you need a good backup quarterback. It's so rare that you have a guy that plays you know, 17 games. It's not even that you need a good backup. You need a backup that can, like a Chad Henney, that can step in for a game when, you know, the shit hits the fan and he can be okay enough, you know, where you could sneak out a win, you know, however you have to do it. Even you saw, you know, with Matt Moore, when they had Matt Moore, a guy who's just a steady veteran that knows how to get the job done, knows how to prepare, knows how, you know, I'm not going to get basically any reps during the week, but I can step in, you know, when the, the starting guy gets, gets hurt and, uh, and see, you know, get a win, which we've seen multiple times in the last two years, really. Um, you know, even looking at the free agents, there's not too many, like, quarterback-wise, if they were trying to change up from from uh, Chad Henney that I would be too interested in. Um, really, the list is pretty gross. I think that maybe the most intriguing one would be a Blake Bortles to see if you could do anything with him. But he's been so bad that it's like you don't even, you know, and do you want to see, like they're paying $1.6 million for Chad Henney. Like he's basically free for a guy that could get you, you know, one or two wins in a jam. Yeah, no, I don't want any part of Blake Bortles. And, you know, to be fair, I mean, Chad Henney is free. He's getting older, though, so they could be trying to move on from him. I bet they could probably find a cheaper contract deal with Tayamu or – uh, Gordon, if they were in the business of dealing with that kind of thing. But yeah, the other quarterbacks in that class, I had a chance to look at some of them. And you look at some of them, and Alex Smith actually starts to sound like a pretty good option if you're a team in the quarterback market right now. Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. Alex is, it's so funny too, because with Alex's career, it's almost like he is, uh, he's more loved now that he's not in Kansas city than he was like, people didn't appreciate him. I don't think as much when he was with Kansas city, no like, way. He, he was such a steady, steady, um, you know, him and Reed, when they, Andy Reed, when they came in, like they just, they completely changed the franchise and the whole trajectory of the franchise. And like, I don't think that Alex Smith gets enough credit for that. You know, he's never a guy that's been like blow you away. Amazing. But he's also never been like bad. You know, he's never been a guy that's like, wow, we're losing games because of him. You might not win games because of him, but you don't lose them either. Yeah, he got – I mean, you know, if you look at it, the whole picture, I mean, he really played a tremendous role in the Chiefs coming in here because, you know, quarterback's the most important position on the field. And Andy Reid comes in and the Chiefs go or have made the playoffs like eight of the – eight of or seven of eight seasons since he's been here. You know, Alex Smith played a big part in that in those early days because before he came in, it just seemed like a desolate wasteland at the position. Probably there wasn't a really a guy I would consider good since like maybe Trent Green was here. And that you're talking over a decade of just terrible quarterback play. We didn't really take it for granted, especially, especially when you talk about Alex Smith. Why don't you go look at some of the players on the 2013 to 2014 Chiefs team and tell me he wasn't playing very good football because some of those teams the receiver play was horrible on the 2014 team didn't have a single touchdown pass and yet he still found a way to help the Chiefs to a respectable record now they had plenty of other problems that season and in the end it all came down to Alex not being able to win the big game but 
for the people that always constantly hated on him and didn't like him, you know, there's a lot worse things than Alex Smith that could a lot worse players that could have been playing in Kansas City. That is a hundred percent true. And like you said, man, we did we go through some some names at quarterback that from the Trent Green era until we got to the Alex Smith one, man. Damon Hero, you know, uh, Brody Croyle, Tyler Palco. I mean, it, the list is it's bad. Matt Castle, it's really, Brady, Matt Quinn, Brady Quinn, Tyler I mean, Thigpen. Right. Like it's a bad list. It's it's bad. It's not as bad as like the Browns list had, but man, it is not good when you look at it. Um, yeah. yeah. So quarterback position, obviously, I think just to wrap that up, obviously we think Mahomes is going to restructure, save some money. And then you have, you know, if Henny wants to stay on, he's so cheap that you're fine there. And I think they got some, some pretty good developmental guys and Anthony Gordon and Jordan Tayabo, who with their skill sets, like you said, Anthony Gordon chucked it all over the yard at Washington state while under Mike Leach in that air raid offense. And then you got, you know, Jordan Tayabo, who's a pretty athletic um, guy and running that spread type offenses. So some pretty interesting young guys there to develop. So they're pretty good at that position. Um, if we switch gears and we look at running back, obviously last year, um, Two interesting headlines. One, they drafted a, a running back at 32 to, in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And two, um, Damian Williams, who was their starting running back in the Super Bowl, opted out because of COVID. So Damian Williams um, set to make a little over $2.7 million this year. So he's not that expensive either. Uh, but he seems to be a guy that they could end up um, parting, way with, parting ways with. And then you have guys on the roster like Darwin Thompson, um, and, and Derek Gore is the only other running back who I didn't even know who he was um, before I had to Google him. So I think that two things. One, the the, the Clyde Edwards-Alaire conversation has gotten ridiculous in, in Kansas City um, and on Twitter I, to the point it just drives me nuts. And then the other thing is I think they cut Damian Williams to save some money, but I think there's – some pretty interesting – oh, and they got Daryl Williams. Sorry, I forgot about him. He's a restricted free agent actually this year. So they'll have some decisions to make. But I, I think 100% you bring Daryl Williams back, and then you got Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I wouldn't even mind if they parted ways with Darwin Thompson and Damian Williams, to be honest, and brought somebody else in. Yeah, and let me, let me ask you a question really quickly because I know some of the Clyde Edwards-Alaire's conversations have been kind of wild. But if we go back to the draft last uh, – Last year, what was the Chiefs' weakest link on the offensive side of the football? Yeah, the offensive line. It was the offensive line, and also they had a big problem with the running back position because as much as Damian Williams was a playoff hero for the Chiefs, you can put on the film and you could see a combination of him and Darwin Thompson and Darrell Williams making horrendous reads on the football and if you look at it, Clyde Edwards Hilaire has come in and he's outplayed all of those guys, even though the Chiefs weren't able to win the Super Bowl. But you look at it, you know, Damian Williams, he had two long runs of like eight, he had like two 90 yard runs. Outside of that, he only had about 200 yards of real production for the 2019 season. So I don't know if the Chiefs and its vision issues inside the hole, and the Chiefs didn't need a guy. You know, it was nice to have a running back that can hit it zero to a hundred like that, but that's not what they needed. So they took Clyde Edwards Lair. He came in. I thought he had a really good rookie season, had a thousand all purpose 
no off season. You know, he battled a couple of injuries late in the season and he came out and he was honestly the best player for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And, you know, maybe a guy they should have gotten the ball to more. So I always thought I think that that draft pick is still a win, even though people are not looking at it like that, maybe in some degrees or instances because they look at the other needs the Chiefs had. But even last year in the draft, you know, the offensive line was poor. But did we know everything was going to unfold with Fisher, Schwartz, and LDT at that point? No, and they were preparing to bring in Lucas Nyong. But yeah, yeah. But go, they can go ahead and get rid of Darwin Thompson and Damian Williams, and I'd really like them to hang on to Darrell Williams. Yeah, and that's and you know, and I get if you want to argue it, that they shouldn't have taken a running back with the thirty-second pick because just inherently drafting running backs in the first round usually isn't great because of contract issues that you run with down the road and, you know, the value of them per all the analytics and stuff. Sure. If that's your argument. Okay. Don't, don't tell me that it was because Clyde Edwards Hilaire wasn't phenomenal last year. That dude, he balled out. I mean, he had over 1100 scrimmage yards. He was awesome in the Super Bowl, Like you mentioned, like he, he was making guys miss consistently. They drafted him to do a job and he did his job, I would say even better than expected because of how poor the offensive line was. Um, you know, it, to me, it's just, it just makes no sense that Dame, Damien Williams is a player who is so limited running the ball, has very poor vision. You know, he's, he's a straight line runner with great speed who, who he's better straight ahead than, than Edwards Alaris. You know, he, he's somebody that, when he gets in the open field, he's probably going to score. Whereas Alaire might get caught, which is fine. But I tell you, the problem is, is that half the time Williams can't get there because he misses the hole. And I remember specifically when they drafted Ceh, Veach said that he said when we when we have it blocked upright, we got to be able to you know see it and hit it. Like that's I mean you know, and especially this year, shit. If they if they had it blocked upright, you better take advantage of it because it wasn't it wasn't often it didn't seem. Um, but I think like you said, I, I'm all for if if I had a Choice and I'm putting on my GM hat, my Brett Veach hat. I'm cutting Damian Williams. I'm cutting Darwin Thompson. I'm bringing back Daryl Williams, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and then actually a guy that I, I really like, and I've liked him for a while, and I was actually talking about it last year when he was a free agent, is bringing a guy like Matt Breda. Matt Breda is so athletic and so dynamic. He's a guy that um, when you look at his numbers for the combine, he actually tested out better than Saquon Barkley in every single test. He, was, he had a faster 40. He's a 4.38 guy, had a higher vertical at 42 inches. His broad jump was 11.2. His bench was 23. I mean, the guy is just an athletic freak. Stud. And, you know, you put him around some other athletic freaks. It seems like, you know, as your your third option is a guy that you put in for a few plays, maybe throw some, some screens to or, you know, get him up in open space. I mean, that's a big play waiting to happen for me. And he's an explosive guy, correct? Like he's a, like he could go the distance on any play if he gets in the open field. Oh yeah, I yeah. Mean, he is, he's, I mean, he is is a dynamic athlete as really there is. I think. Yeah. So that to me, a guy like that just screams. You know, because I'll I'll back up just a little bit, but there was a point this season when Clyde Edwards Hilaire was in the top three and rushing for the NFL, and that's kind of when Andy Reid drew his line in the sand and you know it gets like the Broncos and the Bills 
And he was like, you guys aren't going to just bully us around. We're just gonna, if you want to drop your eight, then we're just going to kill you with this. It'd be nice to just be able to give the ball to Clyde and let him pound it out for six or seven, do that like four or five times on a drive, and then defense starts to give a little gas and, you know, maybe put in Matt Burita for a little screen or something or a little swing pass or a wheel route and see how fast he can run. So that would be something funny to fun to do with him as well. I don't know if I really see the Chiefs bringing in another running back, though, but Matt Burita would be a good one. And then Daryl Williams, you know, his consistency, He this was his best season as a pro, and I think he really showed that he is probably going to be the Chiefs' backup running back this year because he pretty much earned everything he's gotten since he's been in Kansas City. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I would only bring Breda in if he was the right price. Uh, you know, last year with the Dolphins, he made $3.2 million. So it's a little bit more than Damian Williams made, but I think that he really hasn't shown a tremendous amount of production for the past few years. So you might be able to get him for cheap. And like I said, if he's he's a guy where if you get rid of Darren Thompson, who I think I've seen enough of in Kansas City, he's just you know he's a, I like him. He seems like a you know a good player, a tough player. He plays hard, but he's just not he's not he's not great. Um, so if Brady was your third back, and you know all the games that Kansas City plays with. With the running backs, they run those little snag concepts where they have Kelsey one-on-one, you know, on a three-by-one set. He's the one receiver, and they'll run like a little pick with the back swinging out. Like a guy like Brady catches that, you know, that, 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 that's a potential touchdown down the sidelines for him because he's so athletic and so so explosive. So it's an interesting option, though, to look at if you could get him for cheap if you wanted to upgrade your third, fourth wide uh, running back spot. Let me, me ask you a question here real quick. Do you think that the Chiefs this year coming up, do you think they try to utilize Edwards Elaire in the passing game more? Because I know, you know, we've seen him make some great catches. And even this year, when they did throw him the ball, he made some fantastic catches. He's got really pretty good hands and he can maneuver, you know, those little flat passes to the sideline. He's able to set his moves up. Do you think they look to throw him the ball a little bit more this season coming up? It'll be interesting to see because. Like you mentioned, one of the and I think that's something that frustrated, and I think that's where some of the talk comes from from Chiefs Kingdom is that they saw how good he was in the pass game for LSU, and they we didn't really get to see that much with him in Kansas City. Now the reason that I think that they do that that you didn't get to see that is because the Chiefs pushed the ball down the field so much to Ty- Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. To me, I think with the way that teams were playing Kansas City towards the end of the year. You know, you're going to have to have some sort of adjustment, and it might be where you're getting, you know, Clyde Edwards-Alaire on those little underneath routes, or you're getting Hardman on those little underneath routes where they're open quick and you're getting them isolated on a linebacker or a slot corner or something like that. So, or, you know, a linebacker or a safety or whatever, because those guys can win against those guys and they can win quickly. And, you know, and if they're in space, they're going to make a dude miss and, and it could be a potential big gain. So, I think that they might have to definitely consider that as an option just because of the way that teams played them. You look at what Tampa, you know, Tampa did. They were very content with just keeping everything in front and just closing hard on, on underneath passes and um, playing them a lot like that. So, but you know, the thing with Edwards hilarious, he's just so good in the open field and he's so good at making guys miss that, you better you better tackle well because you know a four yard gain turns into twelve real quick you know mm-hmm. which is big when you're trying to move drives. 
Yeah, definitely. And I know Andy Reid had made that Brian Westbrook comparison to Clyde in after his, uh, you know, after the right before they drafted him. And I know that probably got everyone all fired up to see that stuff. But people got to remember, you know, this guy's still a rookie in the NFL and he went out and had a fantastic season. So I just don't see some of the negative comments. I get it. People are frustrated because the Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl. But even if you look at a guy like Brian Westbrook, who was one of the great, great all dual purpose backs, you know, of the 2000s, his first season in the league, he only had about 250 yards of all purpose yards for Andy Reid's Philadelphia Eagles. And the Chiefs went ahead and got Clyde Edwards Elaire. You know, if he plays in those last two games of the season, you know, I think he goes over a thousand rushing yards. That's just me. But people got to remember, you know, not everyone is a day one superstar. You know, not everyone can be Patrick Mahomes, but it's that jump from year one to year two that you got to look for, especially with guys that can become great. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, even even with that, I mean, he had such a – I mean, for a rookie – 800 and 300 I mean he's 1100 yards from scrimmage and in an offense when you're truthfully you know the third option most of the time fourth option some of the time you know it's I thought he he came in and did what they wanted him to do which is win against light boxes and create one-on-ones and win one-on-ones in the box in the hole against linebackers and he did that tremendous I mean he had one of the highest um you know missed tackle rates in the NFL and I thought he played very well, and I think he's going to be a stud in the in the NFL for years to come, to be honest. So um, let's talk about tight end. So last year, I mean, the second tight end for Kansas City was basically non-existent. Um, it was really Nick Kaiser, who was just not, not very good, and Deion Yelder, who he is what he is. He wasn't great either. Um, right now they have – Travis Kelsey, who is obviously a stud, the best tight end in the NFL. And then the only other guys on roster right now are Sean Culkin and Evan Bayless. Um, Don't know who those guys are. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I think that they need to bring in a tight end too, whether it be free agency or the draft. I think he needs to be able to do a little bit of blocking, but also be a viable pass catcher um, in certain situations. And a guy that I really like that is a free agent is Michael Pruitt out of um, he played for the Titans last year um, super interesting guy I, I think you know he's 28 years old um, he was actually out of southern Illinois and he, he was kind of he's not obviously heavily touted out of there but kind of a guy that was like a smaller school guy that people thought could make some noise in the NFL you know 250 pounds but runs a four five eight which is, you know, a really solid, really solid number for a guy like that. You saw him with the Titans, who Titans used so many tight ends. You know, obviously they had John Smith, but they also had Anthony Fersker and, like, Pruitt as well. So they had all of these guys, and they all played. So it kind of cut into any sort of production. But he's somebody I really like because I think he can block, and I think he can also be a pretty decent uh, guy to spell Kelsey every once in a while um, in the pass-catching game. Yeah, and the Chiefs have to find a combination of a guy that can catch and block because, as we said, the tight end, backup tight end this year was non-existent. I mean, the Chiefs didn't even the Chiefs didn't even really run a lot of the sets we saw them run in past years with a guy like Blake Bell just because it was such a liability to have Yelder or Kaiser on the field. 
And then you look at a guy like Blake Bell, and all he's going to do is run block. And he's going to run block well for you, but that's all he's going to do. And then, you know, it's crazy to say because this guy got a ton of hate, but Demetrius Harris has been the best solid backup tight end the Chiefs have had in a long time. And he was a he's a big-time pass dropper, I tell you what. But the guy I was looking into uh, I kind of like is uh, Gerald Everett uh, from the Rams. You know, he's getting ready to be a free agent. I think he can block and run fairly effectively. He had 41 receptions for 417 yards and uh, one touchdown last season. You know, he's got eight career touchdowns, so he's not a big number guy, but he's had over 30 receptions the last three seasons. And, you know, uh, Los Angeles, you know, they've really put an emphasis on running the football, you know, getting the ball into Cam Akers' hands. They run a lot of tight end sets, a lot of play action sets, so this guy had to have been able to block out there. So I think he'd be able to do that. And, you know, he's got. I think he'll have sure enough hands to be able to come in and spell Travis Kelsey. But what I'm interested in seeing, and, you know, it's, it's something we've seen really in the past, but we just didn't see much this year. The Chiefs running some two tight end personnel sets, you know, where they'll have two tight ends on one side of the ball, you know, Travis Kelsey kind of in a flex or him up on the line. And then one of the guys, you know, I, they tr- they tried to get Kaiser involved in the team this year. They really did, and it just wasn't working. It wasn't happening. I doubt he'll be back. You know, Yelder's been on the roster for three years now, and he's not been a, he's barely been able to crack the field. So it's hard to see them getting him back on. But they just have to be able to find someone that can win a one on one route. Because you know what it is always what does it always come back to? Well. If teams are going to try to shut down Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, they're going to have to use four players to do that. Someone's going to be in a one-on-one route. And, you know, can they win it? And can they give Patrick Mahomes a a window to throw a ball to? That's pretty much all it comes down to, at least in my opinion, with finding a second tight end. I'd prefer someone that has a little bit of juice and can catch and run a little bit right now as opposed to someone who's an elite blocker. Yeah, and I'm with you. And I think that if you are looking for a guy that can kind of do the the catch and af- after the run and has a little wiggle, Gerald Everett is that guy. You look at him with the Rams, and I think back to the game that the Chiefs and the Rams played in that Monday night crazy game where they scored like a billion points combined. And if you remember, Everett got lined up on the right sideline against Daniel Sorensen and Press and kind of cooked him and, and had a long touchdown on the right sideline. So he's a guy who's pretty athletic. He, it would be interesting to see how much – um, a guy like that is is worth in free agency. But, yeah, I think I agree with you. They ran so much 12 personnel two years ago, and they it was a, a very effective formation for them. But I think that, like you said, they tried Kaiser, and they just he just was not the guy. They he was they thought maybe he could block, and he couldn't. He he really struggled in that, you know, for being a guy that there was supposed to be their blocking tight end. He wasn't great in that either. So I had pretty high hopes for him coming into the season too. I thought it looked like he had gotten a little bit bigger and he might have progressed some, but he really struggled. Um, and I think everybody just remembers, you know, some of the incredible scrambles that Mahomes had that ended up doinking off of his chest that would have been big plays. So... <laughs> Pretty pretty disappointing. I don't think anybody's sad to see Kaiser not be the be the tight end two next year. Um, but that I think like you, they have to they have to upgrade the position. I think that you know whether like I said whether it be the draft or free agency, you got to look to to upgrade that. And you know maybe somehow Kyle Pitts 
falls to 31, which will never happen. But Kyle Pitts is a freak. If anybody hasn't watched him out of the University of Florida, that dude is that dude is like Kelsey, but maybe more athletic. Dude, and I was I, I was watching old Brian Baldinger. He just doing his baldy breakdown today, and he made a pretty legitimate point that yeah, there's a ton of good wide receivers in this year's draft, but the best pass catcher is you know Kyle Pitts, and I think after looking at his body of work at Florida, it's pretty easy to tell why. You know, Florida, you kind of had the Chiefs little formula going, you know, with Kadarius Tony, They kind of had him as their Tyree Kill game changer type guy, and then they had old Pitts as their Travis Kelsey. So I actually thought that was something interesting from Florida. But, yeah, Pitts is a freak, dude. And honestly, this year's draft class, there are some tight ends that kind of a little intriguing if you look more into them and their skill sets. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking a little bit before we jumped on live here, but um, I, I think that if there was there's there's two players right now that I would love if the Chiefs traded up. I don't want them to trade up for the record, but if they did trade up, there's only two players that I would want them to really trade up for, and it would be Kyle Pitts or Jalen Waddle, just because of those dudes are just those guys are just game changers. Like Waddle's speed and athleticism, and he's a freak. Like Pitts is a freak, but. Um, the wide receiver. Oh, I was just gonna say. I've been. I mean, the wideers. Who's the there? The debate between who's the best receiver in the draft this year has been almost wild between Smith and Waddle and Jamar Chase. That's been something really interesting to look at. Yeah, I think people forget um, how good Jamar Chase was because he opted out. Like that dude. That dude is just. Uh, he's a monster. He's an absolute monster. He was. He was so good for LSU in that year that they were just incredible on offense, obviously. But um, obviously, Devontae Smith did his thing, too, this year, winning the Heisman. So um, that's all we got for you, man. That's a, that's a good one. We got, you know, a little bit. What do we got left on defense? Linebacker? That'll be an interesting talk. Yep. It's good. You know, that could honestly be one of the most interesting talks of all because there was another position the Chiefs said they were going to try to go after or address, and it was linebacker. And I know a lot of people in Kansas City not really in the mood to be drafting a linebacker high, but when you look at how the roster could end up shaking up, you know I think this could be a team that at the end of the day they might want to get back into playing more of a base 4-3 as opposed to that kind of 4-2 we saw at times in when you have guys that are bad like Ben Neiman, you can't have them out there forever. You Damian Wilson, I doubt they bring him back. And Anthony Hitchens, you know, he's only got one year left and there's another guy, but we'll have to talk about that next week. Yeah, that's gonna be a fun one for sure. For sure. We're gonna get uh gonna get most Chiefs Kingdom fired back when we tell everyone that Ben Neiman is coming back. No, I'm just playing. I don't think he is, but <laughs> we might fire him up if we say, "Hey, the Chiefs, there's a chance the Chiefs could draft a linebacker in the first round." I know no one wants it, but it could happen. I know it really is interesting to think about, and we're going to get into draft stuff, obviously. But where the Chiefs could go in the first round, because you know, for a team that's gone to two Super Bowls, there are positions they need to upgrade, and there's there's spots they need to fill. Absolutely. And, you know, it's going to come down to the just the basic draft philosophy, I think, when they're picking who they want. Are we going to take the best player available or are we going to take a, a need? You know, that's going to be the internal debate the team has to have this offseason. Yeah, and I think season start, the season officially begins, what, 16 days, March 17th? Yep. So we'll, 
once free agency and all that stuff starts to hit, it'll be. I think we'll get a pretty good idea where they might end up going going in the draft because I, I, I like Veach said they're not going to run out of the gates signing people on day one, but day two and day three they're going to fill out some depth and we're going to be able to figure out where they think the holes are and where they might be might be upgrading. Right. Oh yeah. By the way, uh, JJ Watt he didn't want to win that. He didn't want to win a Super Bowl that bad. <laughs> no, he, he didn't want to win that bad. He didn't want to win it bad enough for fifteen and a half million. He wouldn't. He was just say, oh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna secure this bag, and I think I'm gonna go over to Arizona. And that's my retirement in the sunshine. Oh man, I, twenty three million dollars guaranteed. What a deal. Good for JJ Watt, but all that I will. No, nah, he. That's yeah. just crazy. <laughs> Yeah, buddy, you're one. You play in a pretty good conference, and two, you have, you're playing with a quarterback who hasn't really proven anything yet. And I'm a Kyler Murray fan, but nah, you're playing for that for that bag, and I don't blame you. Go get your money when you can get it. So, yep. um, all right, dude. Why don't you tell everybody what you're working on and where they can find you? All right, you can find me on Twitter as always at CJ Scoops. I had an article that just came out today, and the title of that article is um one one free agent in every position the Chiefs should look at. Just a list of guys I looked at. Some of you guys probably have no idea who these guys are. That well, Most of them are special teams and depth piece guys. I only had a couple of big names in there, and most of the big names are probably pipe dreams unless there's some sort of a major pay cut. But I, I still thought it was something fun to do. And I have another film review article out on uh, probably Thursday. I'm definitely going to do another offensive line prospect because I've done uh, Spencer Brown and Landon Dickerson now, and I'm not sure who I'll do yet, but I've got that on deck, and then the GMKC will be out Friday. As always, Justin, why don't you shut her down? Yeah, dude. Um, make sure you're heading over to Arrowhead Live. Um, check out the merchandise store. Check out all the different articles and podcasts that we're putting out. Stuff's going to be ramping up here even more, even though you know we're obviously still going here. Um, but it's almost draft season. It's almost free agency season. Um, Chiefs are going to be making moves, man. You know Brett Veach. He's an aggressive, aggressive GM. He's gonna he's gonna build this roster and continually overturn it until it's exactly what him and Coach Reed want. So there's gonna be a lot to be talking about. But you can find me on Twitter at jdiz1617. We'll be pumping out all of our our content and everything, but uh, appreciate everybody being here and we'll talk to you next time.